Hey everyone, and welcome back to Elevate Retake. This is Michael. You know, as always, we want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and God, and believe this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. Over the past couple weeks, you've gotten to know me a little bit more and Taylor Weaver a little bit more. She's the host of Elevate Retake on the message episodes. And the past couple episodes, we have had the chance to sit down and talk about different messages I've been preaching recently. Today on the podcast, we get to invite in a very special guest. His name is Elian Hilferman. He's a pastoral intern right here in the King Church and a recent graduate of Southwestern Adventist University. Previously, he's completed a degree in communication and also just finished up his degree in theology. He's got a passion for preaching and for the communication of the gospel. So let's dive into the retake. Eliane Hill's message was entitled Jesus and the Brood of Vipers. And his message took on a little bit of a different tone than what I normally preach. Normally, you can expect me to go down through a particular Bible passage and we dissect it a little bit more in the message and definitely in the retake. But this message took on a little bit more of a philosophical approach. And I asked Eliang Hill about that. I asked him about what his inspiration was for picking this topic and why he settled on Jesus and his beloved brood of vipers. Yeah, first of all, the title was something to catch people's attention because I knew that they were going to be like, what is this guy talking about? And that's not an inspiring title. So I was like, probably this will shock some people with that title, but I'm not going to focus on the bad thing. I'm just going to focus on how Jesus can change the way we understand things. So putting that into contrast, Jesus, the best person, and then Brood of Vipers is totally an opposite. And having beloved in the middle will switch the perspective of, how we see our enemies how do we see our enemies and the fact that jesus loved even his enemies per se makes a a whole difference in the way we see our enemies meaning it ideological enemies or any type of enemies that we may have so that was my inspiration behind that and also i didn't want to use my words so i was checking the bible and i saw that i was like these were jesus's enemies and in his times and how he deal with them makes the whole difference in how we should deal with people that we don't agree with. Yeah, that's so true. And as I, you know, you sent me the title, and I was like, huh, it's interesting. They did catch my attention. <laughs> um, and I thought immediately about how even though Jesus called a group of people, you brood of vipers, he did it in a loving way. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's what I like. It seems like an insult, right? And but. that's 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 my my thing. Like we only read the the the, the words, but we don't understand the context. And mm-hmm. when we understand the context, it makes the whole difference. And the fact that that term was used three times, and the three of those times were addressed to not not the general people, but leaders, the spiritual leaders of mm-hmm. the Jews back in the time, mm-hmm. it shows that there is something going on. Not only Jesus, but also John the Baptist calls them like that. So it's like, that's a terminology that they used to use. I, I researched a little bit more about that. And it says that Vipers is talking about perversion or something like that. Peter used the same thing in Acts 2. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't remember the, the verse. I, I forgot yeah. about that, but I have it here. Is that 40, 41, 42 or 40, something like that. He says that a perverse generation, and yeah. that's the same yes. thing that Jesus and John is talking. And mm-hmm. and when they heard that, they repent and they went and were baptized. The same thing that they did with John the Baptist when say when he said, uh, "You uh, brood of vipers." So the fact that they use that terminology and they didn't get offended by it, 
because they knew the way they were they were being told that it wasn't in a loving way it wasn't in a yeah. criti critical way that the the consequence of that shows the 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 way they were talking and and why they accepted Jesus because of that admonition that they received mm -hmm. so i think that's that's for me that's very appealing because i'm a human and sometimes i want to be even as a pastor like we need to do this and this and but Pointing the finger is not the solution. And even if you are going to show a mistake, because by, by the matter of fact, there were some mistakes, you need to do it in a loving way, in such a way that they can perceive it more than the words, mm -hmm. the actions behind the words. So I think that sometimes we focus too much in the words and we don't understand the action or the attitude or the loving uh, attitude that Jesus had for his people. And I think that's beautiful in a sense that God loved us so much that he even tried to rebuke us in a way that probably yeah. we can wake up and say, okay, yeah, we're doing something wrong, but right. he did it in a loving way. And that's, I needed to prove that with Ellen White. That's why I put those quotes because otherwise it will be like just my opinion. Like I think Jesus said it this way, but mm -hmm. that was the reason why I put those quotes there. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love how you said that kind of like a wake up call because um, whenever I initially heard like brood of vipers, I was, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, Oh man, like Jesus is calling people out. Yes. <laughs> and I kind of viewed it as almost, almost a bad thing until I realized like, don't take it in a bad way. It's a wake up call and yes. it's our opportunity to do better. Yes. And I really liked that. Yes. And how you brought that out. And going, going over with what you said, I think that Jesus also, for example, he called Peter, uh, go away from me, depart from me, Satan. Mm hmm uh, was being was Jesus being like rude, telling Peter Satan? No, but that was a wake up call for him. He yes. was like, "Man, I'm doing not God's work, but I'm doing something that probably the enemy is putting in me." Like if mm -hmm. God, Jesus's mission was to die for humanity, and then Je Peter was saying not to do that, then I'm not doing God's work. So mm -hmm. that type of attitude in a hyper -sens sensible society that we live in may be offensive a little bit. But when we understand the context, the context, the place, and the language they use, and how Jesus wasn't fighting against people, but against spiritual agencies, mm -hmm. we understand that Jesus was never addressing anybody, any person. He was addressing the enemy working behind them. Mm -hmm. And that's why he loved the people, but he rejected the enemy that was working behind them. Yeah. And that's, that's the same attitude we should have towards yeah. anybody. I think that's something that we often overlook, right? Because we see people at face value and like, oh, you said this particular thing. Um, but uh, Ephesians talks about that we don't war against yes. flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. We war against yes. angels and principalities yes. and demons and and these things that are behind the scenes. Yes. And you take that and apply it to our world today. Some people get very espoused towards a particular political leaning or a particular um, this versus that on a mm -hmm. government level, on a mm -hmm. um, nationalistic level. And it's like, hold on. There's things going on behind the scenes that we don't off see yes. um, right apparent before our eyes. But if we take a look at scripture and compare scripture to what we see going on in the world, there's often things that are going on behind the scenes yes. that help explain what's going on. Yes. And other thing that I pointed out in my sermon was the naming thing. Like the fact mm -hmm. that why do we put names on, on mm -hmm. things? And we were created to put names. <laughs> God created everything and he put a name and then he told us, he commanded us to put names on the animals. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we are created to put names and to understand things, we need the language. I don't know if you understood, yeah. you, you take semiotics, right? 
that, that class I, about I learned the symbols. about it. Yes. yes. Yeah, I learned about so it. So the fact that every everything is a symbol, like for example, this is a Bible, like I have in my hand a Bible, a book mm -hmm. that yeah. is called a Bible, but what does it make it a Bible and not just another book? Like the fact that symbols have a meaning implied to it, but mm -hmm. the meaning is not the symbol itself. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens to us. And when we put a label on, for example, they are Democrats and I am Republican, that implies a lot of things in the mm -hmm. political spectrum, but in their mm -hmm. church, that also happens. Like yeah. you are post-millennialist, I'm pre-millennialist, you're post-lapsarian, pre-lapsarian, you believe in Trinity, like all those terms that we use, even though they are helpful, sometimes when they are not pivotal for the gospel, mm -hmm. that generates more division instead of yes. unity towards the goal that we all have as church. So my main argument wasn't about doctrine, but was about little things that we put a label on that and then we make a whole separation and we put them as an enemy because I don't agree with them. So if I don't agree with them, I'll do anything I can in order to destroy their ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not a Christ-like attitude. It's totally different to what we see in Jesus' time. Even though he didn't agree with the Pharisees and Sadducees, he was treating them with, he was rebuking them, but with love. And he was giving them any anybody opportunity they can to. And right here we get our first glimpse at I think one of the main points that Young Hill is making, that there's importance attributed to names. What we call other people, what we call ourselves, who we describe God as, all of those are important to how we navigate this world. But there's also a danger here because maybe we misuse names. We use names for other people that assume things about them that aren't necessarily true. Each time Jesus called someone by name, he was doing it for a specific purpose. And I think here's the beauty in, in the model of what we have following after Jesus, that he engages people where they are and every single thing he does is purposeful. And we have to understand in this moment that Jesus, though he's harshly speaking to the Pharisees, he's still speaking to them in love. And I think you did that well, especially I liked your uh, illustration that you used about the guy that's about to jump off the bridge. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we're, we're like this, we're like that, we're yeah. like that. Oh, you believe this? Yes. Oh, you hear yeah. it, like, yeah. you oh, And goodness. that resonated with me because how often do I automatically put someone in a box because yeah. of oh, yeah. what they particularly believe, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I loved the time that I got to spend at the Seventh-day Adventist Theological Seminary at Andrews is that you have professors there that vehemently disagree with each other on particular biblical yes. points. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned specifically women's ordination. Yeah. That was a particular big one. Yeah. Uh, and there's other points of theology that they vehemently disagree on, but it's so cool to see them come together for seminary worship and mm -hmm. one's offering a prayer, one's preaching, one's leading out in the music and they're together. Yes. Like they're, yes. they, they're hugging on United. each other, loving on each other. Mm -hmm. They will duke it out across the table from one another yes. in theological <laughs> studies, but they still can come together. Mm -hmm. And, and love one another. Yes. And that, I so often, and I think you put it eloquently, Ellie Young Hill, uh, we define people by certain particular viewpoints that they hold. Yes. We don't get to know them as a person. Yes. Whether it's political viewpoints, religious viewpoints, theological viewpoints. Yes. I, and if we took a step back and saw through Jesus' eyes, yes. how he mm -hmm. sees people, that you're more than just a particular belief mm -hmm. that you hold. Mm -hmm. And it also points a finger back at me that, 
if I'm not willing to accept you as a person because of a particular belief you hold, I can't allow you to influence me or help me learn. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of, there's a give and take yes. that goes on there. Yeah, I, I like that. And the, the example was an Adventist. Like I adapted it to the church. <laughs> yeah. It was another church. It yeah. was a different examples of a set of beliefs because yeah. it was in another church. But I was like, probably I'm going to use these. And oh, I was about perfect. to use the, the meat, the meat thing. Yeah, like, yeah. do you eat meat? And then everybody laughed. But I said, no, oh, me neither. I was like, I know this is a controversial <laughs> issue, but I'm going to go a little bit beyond that. I'm going to yeah. talk about that because that's uh-huh. a hot topic in the church. And I was like, probably regardless of what side you are in, that shouldn't divide us. Like that doesn't no. take away the fact that we are uh, at the same church. We have the same doctrines, the same belief, and we have mm-hmm. the same mission as a church. Mm-hmm. So there are some certain things that we are maybe strong we have a strong opinion on, on everything, but at the end, for example, Jesus died for you. That's key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody argues with that or anything. Mm-hmm. Even Trinity sometimes is, is arguable and that, but that's doctrinal. Yeah. Like that's part of the 28 fundamental beliefs that we have, even though that's not a creed, that represents yeah. what we believe of the church. Other than that, there may be strong positions on every side of the spectrum, but at the end, if we take too much time arguing with this and there is a word that is dying outside i was about to use another example but i was like probably this is too much i'm just gonna focus to to the first one the fact that sometimes uh i i see like this imagine you are in the titanic Mm -hmm. the the ship is about to sink Uh there's nothing wrong with playing the piano there's nothing wrong with taking a taking a bath in the shower in the swimming pool or something like Mm -hmm. that but when the ship is sinking It's not time to be playing the piano. Yeah. Unless you want to die playing the piano. Like right. the time is go to our, to the ships mm-hmm. and bring as many people possible out of the ship. Mm-hmm. So the sense of urgency of emergency that we have as a mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. Should, lead, should lead us towards the goal. Yeah, we know that this is important or this is good or this is necessary. But in an emergency situation, the most important thing is save our lives. Yeah. And w- the world is sinking right now. And if we focus on these uh, topics that we have inside that I don't I don't say that they are not important, they are important, but probably they are not that necessary today when everybody's dying out there, mm-hmm. not knowing the truth, not knowing the trenches message, not knowing that the judgment has begun already and that we need to do something. Uh, so probably we, we'll have time. We'll leave that to the scholars, to the academic people, the big <laughs> minds, the brilliant minds. Yeah. But... We, the church, the common people that don't have the doctorates and masters and everything, we have something to do. Mm-hmm. And instead of being uh, partaking of those debates, seeing who is right and who is wrong, we have a lot of things to do to, to spend our time with people that don't know about Jesus or don't mm-hmm. know the true Jesus that is in the Bible. Right. Well, I like that because um, it kind of took me a minute like, and I think kind of more reflecting on your sermon, um, talking a little bit about like not viewing differences as being bad. For some reason, the way that my mind takes that is specifically like in the church, thinking about people with other religions. Yes. And how it like 
in the grand scheme of things, what matters is that we all love Jesus and our goal is to bring others to Jesus yes. and get to know him. Yes. And so why focus on the little details of I believe this, but you believe that. Yes. But, you know, OK, we might not agree, but why focus on that whenever we could be helping people? And yes. that that kind of got to me because it made me um, step back and think about, well, do I judge somebody based off of, you know, how they look, how they sound, how they act um, or have I seen their true actions yes. and their beliefs and that they love Jesus? And I don't, I don't care about their religion. I don't care any of that. Like we're on the same level if we love Jesus yeah. and that's what's important. And that's what stood out to yes, me. Yes. Love, that. love is key for everything, understanding everything. However, we see in Jesus also another, another thing. He rejected their ideas, but mm -hmm. he loved them. Yes. So that doesn't mean that we need to, to accept everything mm -mm. that they believe because that wasn't Jesus' example. And I think therein lies the challenge. How do we love people but not accept sin? I think we often point fingers at people because we're afraid of entering into a relationship with them. The closer we are to somebody, the more we can understand their heart. We can see where they're coming from and we're able to love unconditionally in a way that no other can. I think proximity is key to loving other people. The closer I am to someone, no matter how much they disagree with me, the more I can love them because I can see them as God sees them. Nowadays, I think Satan has been so astute in the way he has uh, attacked the remnant church, mm -hmm. the way that he brings so many ideas. Some of them are more dangerous than others, but all of them are dangerous because all of them comes from Satan. And that's why we need to study the Bible a little bit more, not only to, to say, okay, Jesus loves me, and if you believe in Jesus, we are part of the same family. Yes, we all love Jesus and everything, but at mm -hmm. the end, some ideas will lead you to the wrong path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to study a little bit more about theology. And I think everybody should be a theologian at, at some point, like <laughs> because at the end, Probably not everybody will have access to pastors to interpret the mm -hmm. Bible or to, to uh, Bible commentaries. Like we need to take mm -hmm. the time now mm -hmm. that we have time to study and go deeper because eventually we will be leave, left by, by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we, mm -hmm. in that point, we'll know like, okay, God. And the, the last test for humanity mm -hmm. is not going to be God against God. It's not going to be God against the evil, Satan. Mm -hmm. In the outside, it may look like this is God and you are not doing what God asks us to do. Mm. It won't look like we're, we want to follow Satan and you, are, you want to follow God. It's not like black and white. Yeah. Yeah. The last controversy will be like, we're doing God's work finally, and you don't want to do it mm. because you understand it different than we understand it. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it interesting because all those people that are from other religions or all, all faiths that don't have the doctrine, the correct doctrine, Eventually, we will be mis misled mm -hmm. towards that idea, thinking that love is a key. Like, mm -hmm. finally, we are going to unite, all Christians. Mm -hmm. There are more than 44,000 religions within uh -huh. Christianity. Mm -hmm. Finally, we are go all going to come together. Finally, we are mm -hmm. all going to join and love each other. Like, mm -hmm. love is the key for keeping yeah. Christianity together. Like, that's a principle. Mm -hmm. But then, if you unite in a mistake, in a doctrinal mistake, the whole world mm -hmm. is going to be... And that's the Antichrist. He's taking the, the, the place of, of mm -hmm. God himself. So that's why, no, I'm not saying that we should divide religion. We should unite. Yeah. But we should be always united in truth, in spirit okay. and truth. Not only 
in the spirit because sometimes it's like Jesus, 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 yeah, which everybody agrees with, and that's amazing. But also we need to know a little bit more because eventually the final test will will see who truly believes in the Bible and who truly just yeah. wants to follow the word from Jesus. I wrestle with this point a lot because we see such a diversity in our world of different religious beliefs and we want to find truth, right? We try to seek truth. We try to understand how our world is oriented in a way that makes sense. As a pastor, that's difficult because I 100% believe that it only takes belief in Jesus to be saved. But I also work for an organization that espouses a certain set of beliefs and feels that it's important that people hold those beliefs. So as I work with people, the constant thing in the back of my mind is how do I point people to Jesus? And the bottom line, how do I come back to the Bible and understand what Jesus is having me to do? And the other focus that I had is my sermon wasn't pointing towards non-believers or uh, evangelism. It was a sermon made for insiders, people that was that already knew about God, and probably the differences began to surge because of a theological understanding of certain points in, in doctrine. Mm -hmm. I was like, probably like if we unite together and we work together, this is gonna be over soon. But if we don't do that, right? And also another thing that I I read that I heard in the GC 2015. There was this video that, that said what could happen can be or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was a vision that Ellen White said that if the leaders of a church will have humbled themselves mm -hmm. and asked for forgiveness and just work together, probably Jesus will have gone away. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they didn't do it is what kept us here because we're not working together. Mm -hmm. Like everybody has their own ideas, their own tendencies, their own opinions, and they, they have very strong opinions, but they're not willing to give up and just work together and ask for forgiveness and mm -hmm. humble themselves. So I think that right now, we are the generation that needs to do that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think I'm very passionate about Jesus coming into my generation. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna do everything that I can in my lifetime yeah. to bring that awareness to everybody from my generation to say, okay, let's do it. Let's work together. Let's do yeah. what God called us to do. Let's participate in food, food pantry. Let's, let's do something for outside world and let's, let's just uh, come together. Yes, we may have differences, but what, what matters is not that right now. Probably in another time, that will matter. In the Reformation time, that will matter. But yeah. nowadays, we need to do the three angels message and monitor the word that Babylon is falling and we need to mm -hmm. step mm -hmm. it up. So that's that's kind of my mindset. And I hope that if we all work together, we have the same values, the same principles. We can do great things. Ultimately, here's something that helps me keep track of all of this. I try to be conservative with myself and liberal with others. And what I mean by that is the worldview that I hold, the one that's influenced by scripture, the one I believe to be true, I hold myself accountable to that. But for everybody else I interact with, I don't try to superimpose that on other people and try to make them believe exactly the way I believe. Open it up for some discussion because there's things I can learn from other people. 
So I think absolutely we must join with each other to better the world through Jesus. And if we can find common ground in Jesus, I feel this world will be a little bit of a better place. We just need to focus more on, on Jesus, the Bible, the whole pandemic, yeah. the whole world, financial situation, all the, the rules that have been taken in each government, like some countries that I have contact with, they have been shut down or closed. They don't allow travel from one state to the other state yeah. because of everything going crazy. They don't leave people, leave the countries. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen in the future, mm -hmm. but I see that this is all in the Bible. Like every, every time it's gonna get worse mm -hmm. and we need to wake up. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will have to wake us up because nobody will wake us up. Like no person can do that, but the Holy Spirit can do. But mm -hmm. each of us individually mm -hmm. need to seek the Holy Spirit and say, okay, God, I need to prepare myself now because probably later I won't have time and I will want to do everything. Like mm -hmm. I had a, when the coronavirus began, I was like, what will happen if Jesus will come in one month? And I'm not ready. Like, I'm like, mm. now I need to study more the Bible to, <laughs> to be in peace with God. I'm, I'm going to stop doing stuff now because I need to get ready because this is about to come. And I like that mindset. I need to keep that mindset all my life. Mm -hmm. The fact that Jesus could come anytime. Mm -hmm. And I today is the day that I have to understand more about the Bible, pray more, ask for forgiveness for all my sins, mm -hmm. work together, help the church grow and thrive. And all those uh, ideas that we have in, in an emergency situation, well, we need, we live in an emergency. It seems that everything is normal, is going through what has always been, mm -hmm. but it is not. And we know that by what the Bible says. So yeah. understanding that will help us have a sense of emergency. And naturally, it will come to me to read the Bible. Like yes. when I was a kid, yeah. I didn't want to. I, I was this is boring. <laughs> but then all of a sudden you are like, Jesus is about to come and you need to. I'm like, man, I need to study this. Like I need to know what the Bible says before that. Or I need to pray yeah. because I, I haven't been praying. Probably God no, doesn't mm -hmm. know me. Or yeah. like all that fear in a sense. It's not fear, but yeah, it's fear because I'm not, I'm not doing the right thing. But when I'm doing the right thing, even though I'm not, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I will be like in peace knowing that I'm doing, I'm getting ready for that moment. And that gives peace and help other people as well. We'll put people in our path to help them as well. So as we finish up, here's some thoughts. I think one of the greatest demises to modern Christianity is calling it Christianity. The greatest demises to the Seventh-day Adventist Church is calling it the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And here's why. I think when we name it, we somehow make it to where it's outside of ourselves. We no longer have a responsibility to the, the institution or we no longer have a responsibility personally because, oh, that's the, yeah, that's what Seventh-day Adventists believe. That's what I believe. But I think what's going to transform the world is that we on an individual level seek relationships with other people. No matter the backgrounds, no matter the names, their labels, you know, if we for a moment, if we knew, we, we don't, but if we knew that Jesus was coming January 1, 2021, I wonder what it would look like for us to all work together to prepare for his coming. There's still time left. I think that we would have a sense of urgency and then it wouldn't necessarily matter these individual little particular pieces of doctrine. I think those get set aside and we focus on Jesus. 
Well, that does it for this episode of Elevate Retake. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, we want to hear from you. If you've got a comment, you've got a question, go ahead and send us a voice message. The link for that is in the description. We're still looking for our first one, so it might just be you. And give us a follow over on Instagram at Elevate Retake. You can find us there. We're going to be updating with some more behind the scenes features and uh, some really cool stuff. I'm excited for what's to come there. So follow us on Elevate Retake on Instagram. And as always, hey, if this episode touched you or there's another episode touched you, go ahead and share it with just one person. Send it, share the link, post it on your social media, whatever. Be sure to tag us if you post it on social media. We'd love to reshare it and to let other people know that you're listening to Elevate Retake. So, hey, thanks again. And we look forward to seeing you next time.